You're listening to audio from First Christian Church. To find out more about us or to donate to our ministries, visit firstabq.org. Father, you are great and you are mighty, and we just stand in awe. Stand in awe of your many blessings. We stand in awe of, of who you are. Stand in awe of your creation. Father, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to, to be here. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of this church. Father, just be with us. Open our hearts. Open our minds. It's your name I pray. Amen. Please take a seat. It's really good to see everybody today. I'm glad that you were all able to make it through the night. Um, did anybody get woken up by any of the fireworks or shooting or anything like that. I'll tell you, there's nothing like trying to put a five-year-old back to sleep after the fireworks go off. I never realized like how many questions that <laughs> that five-year-old would have like at midnight. Right, just so many questions just came streaming out of her mouth. It's like, Finn, we got to go to sleep. Come on, we got, we got church in the morning. But nope, question after question after question. And Ultimately, right today, I, wanted, I really do want to talk about, like some, not her questions specifically, but some of the questions that, that we have, right? Are we asking the right questions? Are we asking the wrong questions? What kind of questions do we, do we really need to be asking? So in my, in my role, I actually get to interview a lot of folks. Uh, we kind of have like an interesting process that we go through in, like in the interview thing. It's, it's kind of grueling. Um, you know, the individual is going to be interviewed for like four straight hours, I kid you not. And they're gonna be roughly between like 10 to 16 people that are gonna be interviewing the person and they have lots of different questions that they have. And in that interview process, right, ultimately we're looking to see how the person thinks, how are they gonna to react to uh, like certain situations. And so we have a lot of different questions, but I wanted to share a couple of my favorite interview questions um, that, that I have. So the first one, is what is the harshest feedback that you have ever received and how have you grown from that? Really, this question is trying to figure out, like, are you self-aware? <laughs> do, you, do you realize that some of the things that you're doing might not be appropriate or might not be the best way to go about a particular solution uh, or a project or something like that? And really, like, how did you grow from that particular situation? The second one is, if there was an owner's manual for you, that would help us to get to know you better, what would be in that owner's manual? Again, right, these are not like your normal interview questions, but these are the ones that I really like to ask because I'm trying to figure out how do you think? How are you gonna go about a problem? How are you gonna go about like a project? Uh, and that's, and those are some of the questions that I really like to ask. And ultimately, right, questions are really just trying to do three things. They're trying to get additional information, they're trying to get clarity around, some inf around something, what, what situation or project, whatever it happens to be. Uh, and then the third thing, right, it, we're trying to make sure that we actually have understanding, right? Like, do I have this right? Let me repeat this back to you. Is this what you mean by that, right? So getting, getting to the, the heart of it. So I'm going to ask if you have your Bible, flip to Acts chapter 3. If you have it on your phone, scroll to Acts chapter 3. Because that's where we're going to be looking today. 
Uh, we're going to see one particular question that is intriguing. Um, and so why don't we just go ahead and jump in. So Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 3. One day, uh, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for a, uh, from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He uh, he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what, he had, at what had happened to him. So we see a little question for money, a little question about, hey, can you help me out, turns into something pretty amazing. So we see that even with this question, right, we get a better understanding of God's mercy. We get clarity into God's priorities for us. And we actually see that there's a much bigger picture at play than where we feel that our needs are. So when we talk about getting greater understanding of God's mercy, it's a really interesting juxtaposition that we actually have here. So we see an individual who's broken, and not just broken physically. I mean, he was born unable to walk, so that brings some hardship. He's broken financially, right? hence his begging. Family members would bring him to this gate, carry him to the gate, so that he could have some form of financial sustenance. And in Jewish culture, right, the giving of alms, right, that's, that was deemed as a good thing. And so going to the gate and going to the temple court, where you're going to run into a lot of, of, uh, of the Jewish faith, well, all the Jewish faith, you're going to, the expectation is that there's going to be some form of giving. But also, look at, look at what the, the gate is called, the beautiful gate. So this gate, it was the biggest gate in all of the temple court. It was on the east side, um, and it was like covered in bronze. So just think, in the morning, right, the sun's coming up, hitting that gate, just how amazing that would look. And here you have all of these broken people, all of these beggars sitting there. But not only did Peter not actually answer his question or give him what he was hoping for, what he thought he needed, he gave him something else. And he healed him as opposed to healing his financial needs. He, he, healed, he healed the man and made him actually able to do, to do more things. So, and this really kind of brings into perspective our own brokenness. Our circumstances and everything that we go through on a day-to-day -day basis, on a week-to-week -week basis, like that's, that's part of our testimony. That's, that's part of who, who we are and how God works in those situations and how God brings us through and heals us from our own brokenness. That's powerful and something that we should uh, you know, really think about as we, as we kind of move through our, move through our days. So the lame man thought that he was actually going to get some silver or some gold. But once Peter healed him, right, he thought that was what he really needed. 
was just that silver and gold. But Peter and John knew that he had spiritual needs, that he had something else that was even greater. So let's look at uh, verse 6. So then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet, feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk, then went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising. He jumps up, right, and begins telling everybody what had just happened, because, holy cow, I couldn't walk before, but now look at me go, right? And not just walking, but jumping. Have you ever seen like somebody who just learned to walk like a little toddler try to jump? Right? They kind of get like the squat going and go up and down a little bit. Nope, this man was in full jump mode already, right out of the chute. So when God keeps providing for us, right, from month to month, from day to day, from week to week, like when we have our budget problems, when we have other issues, like when we're just maybe a little bit hungry or we have other concerns that we have, God finds what that true need is. And he will take care of that need. Just remember when Jesus was talking um, and he said, you know, like the lilies of the valley and the, you know, the grasses of the field, just look how beautifully clothed they are and the sparrows and the birds. But how much more does God love you than those things? So just think about that, that God has your true need in mind. So we also need to look at what that bigger picture is. Right? We see that, that God has something else in mind for us when we ask the right questions. We see that he has you know, our true need in mind. But let's look at kind of what happens after the man is healed. Right? We have a much better understanding of what the bigger picture that God has. So in verse 9, it says, When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate, called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So this is the testimony, and this is the, the power of, of Jesus and, and the name that Jesus brings. Because notice that Peter says, In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. That even his disciples, his name and power, are still made known through all the earth. And it's power that's not only that can heal the body, but we see that it's power that can actually heal the soul. The power to forgive by faith, to carry on what Jesus brings on the cross and breaking down the barriers that keep us from, from the worshiping of the one true God. It's pretty amazing to see that. And you see that the individuals even within the temple court now are starting to ask some additional questions like, who is this guy that I thought was unable to walk, but now I see running and jumping and praising God. What is going on there? Right? Let's ask some of those questions. Kind of reminds me of a lot of the outreach stuff that we do here at church. Right? How many of you remember the craziness that was Trunk or Treat just this year, right? where we had like 1,500 people standing in line to walk through the booths? Right? That's got to like, bring some questions from those folks. Right? Like, what is this place doing that has bringing this in, right? Now we can have those conversations and God is starting to lead people into his presence. Also, the prayer services that we had a few years ago, right? Shea Romero, Lawrence, those are pretty powerful things that, that we had. And I'm sure that more questions were being asked 
about, well, why is this church doing this for its members? All right, so these are the right questions that we need to be looking at. And then VBS, right? VBS is always a great outreach opportunity for us. Brings families in from the outside. We get to have you know, some great story times with their kids. They're going to hopefully make some good memories. Um, but that's where that outreach really comes into play. And simply by being who we are on a day-to-day basis, it right, really has an impact on those that are around us. So these questions that we have, they're good things. Right? They bring that clarity. They seek that additional information that, that we long for. And it really helps to show us the impact. So even though you, know, you and I might not sit across from each other like in an interview setting, but just think about like those questions. I mean, because Paul later on is asked a similar question in Acts. You know, like, why, Paul, are you persecuting my church? Well, Saul at that time. Why are you persecuting me? And that question, and the questions that we see that this man asks, you know, can I have some gold? Can I have some silver? And those really have impacted those lives. Let's pray. Father, you... (laughs) The way that you bring about our curiosity is quite amazing. I, I do thank you for, for that. It might be frustrating at times when you know, we're unable to find the answers that, that we're looking for, but Father, ultimately, we know that you are the answer. We know that you are the giver and bringer of life. Father, we praise you. We seek you. It's your name I pray.